So I'd like to offer you a new way of looking at fear of failure in basketball and give you a framework that I've actually used in my own life to largely release a lot of the fear of failing that I've faced, not only in basketball, but in my business life and my personal life and really every domain that I'm active in. And so, of course, our goal here is to hopefully help you become a more fearless player so that you're stepping up to the toughest challenges, the hardest matchups, and really, <laughs> in that way, the biggest opportunities for failure or for success. Because the thing that you are afraid of failing at is also the thing that you want to succeed at. So... <laughs> Kicking this off, I want to go back to 2015, the first time I ever gave a talk at one of the local business schools here, Wilfrid Laurier University. I've gone back year after year since then. Uh, we actually recently posted a full-length recording of one of these talks that I gave recently, but the very first time I ever went there, I'm largely unprepared. I've never given a talk like this, never really even spoken publicly about my entrepreneurial journey. And so when one of the students in the room asked me this question, I kind of froze, okay? And it was a really in innocent question. I still remember the girl was sitting at the front of the room and she just says to me, what were the biggest failures that you faced in your business career and how did you overcome them? Again, normal question, should have seen it coming. And yet I went quiet. I'm sitting up at the front of the room thinking to myself, all the students are kind of staring at me and now I'm like feeling pressure to give this response because I've paused and I've, I've thought about it and yet I have no response. And finally I say to her, you know, I can't think of any failures that I've had in my business life. Now don't take this the wrong way. Like I have had a long list of projects that did not go according to plan, mistakes, quote unquote, that I've made, business partnerships that fell apart and things that went completely wrong in the moment. But when I look back at my business life, I can see so clearly how each of those experience taught, experiences taught me something that was essential to my long-term success. Sort of like, uh, you know, finding the wrong path is part of finding the right path. Learning what not to do is part of learning what to do. <laughs> and so without that long list of failures, I just don't, I just didn't see how I could possibly be successful, right? The failure was the secret ingredient to my long-term business success. And so I shared this with her. And in that moment, as funny as it sounds now, looking back on it, it should have been obvious to me. And yet it took that girl in that business class asking that question to spark that realization for me. And from that day forward, I was like, oh, there's actually no such thing as failure. <laughs> I think back to this Kobe Bryant interview that we shared in our masterclass, but I'll, I'll, I'll go back over it now. The interviewer asks Kobe, some players hate to lose, some players love to win. Which one are you? And Kobe has this beautiful response. He goes, neither. I play to learn. I play to figure things out. And later on in that same interview, she was asking him a similar question about failure and how do you approach failure? And Kobe goes, there's no such thing as failure. It doesn't exist. Like I, I fail again on Monday, I try again on Tuesday. <laughs> I fail again on Tuesday, I try again on Wednesday. The only failure is stopping and quitting. Okay, I go back to this, one of my favorite sayings uh, comes from martial arts and it goes, a black belt is just a white belt who didn't quit. 
the white belt guarantees gets beat up constantly for like the first year of their martial arts career. And if they keep on going, guaranteed, they're going to show up at, you know, the facility or studio there or, you know, the dojo, and they are going to face failure after failure after failure. They get choked out, they get hit, they get beat up. Long term, they keep showing up. And each of those times that things don't go according to plan, they learn bit by bit by bit by bit. So the failure is critical to the long-term success. There's actually uh, piggybacking on that martial arts quote. There's a quote by Conor McGregor that goes, defeat is the secret ingredient to success. And this borders on sort of motivational, rah-rah, like uh, Instagram post material, but actually bringing this into a more grounded context i recently came across uh, this actually comes from andrew huberman who's a neuroscientist at stanford he was talking about some experiments that they were doing in their lab at stanford on neuroplasticity which is actually the brain's ability to learn what they found is that errors and mistakes and quote-unquote failures were critical to triggering neuroplasticity and that if the the subject never actually made any errors in what they were doing, they never actually triggered that learning response in the brain. And so errors were critical. They weren't like optional or unfortunate mistakes, or again, going back to use that word air quotes, failures. They were like critical ingredients to the learning process. And so once again, finding the wrong path is a part of finding the right path. Learning what not to do is a part of learning what to do. <laughs> and if we rob ourselves of these opportunities, you know, we're, maybe we're the basketball player who is afraid to make a single mistake on the court. And so we just shy away <laughs> from all of these big moments. We like don't want to assert ourselves on the game. And maybe we don't make a mistake, but we just slowly fade into the background of the game and we disappear. And we watch the game happening around us and we're not doing anything overtly wrong, but we're also not stepping up and taking over the game in the way that we could if we played fearlessly. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, like go down the list of the greatest players in history and not a single one of them has ever played a perfect game. They all miss shots. <laughs> they all make mistakes. They all turn the ball over at some point during the game. They make a mistake. These are the players who succeed in the long term because they expose themselves to the chance for failure. This is maybe the player who is shying away from the toughest matchups. There's somebody on, on your team that you just don't want to match up with in practice or you don't want to play one-on-one -on -one with a certain player because you are just afraid of losing to them. It's too tough of a challenge. And yet, if you matched up with that player every single day in practice that guy who can shut you down would you become a better player in the long term it's those momentary failures and the days where you kind of get your nose bloodied and you get beaten up <laughs> that make you better in the long term this is the essence of what we call the law of transformation here at deep game which states the player who seeks growth advances faster than the player who seeks accomplishment growth in large part comes from 
failure. Failure is a huge component of it. I'm not saying you can't grow as a result of success. That's true as well. But in the process of achieving success, you expose yourself to the chance for failure. <laughs> and so every big opportunity comes with these two options. You, su you can succeed or you can fail. The third option is to not do anything at all. Just shy away. Don't take that matchup. Don't take that game-winning shot. And then nothing happens. We don't learn. We don't succeed or fail. And we sort of go into this lukewarm, never quite making it in basketball that ruins careers. And our career passes us by and slips away without us ever finding out how great we can be in this game. So once again, going back to that, that term that I used, finding the wrong path is part of finding the right path. Learning what not to do is part of learning what to do. Failure is a part of long-term success. And so the framework that I, the way that I like to look at this is chronic failure versus acute failure, okay? So acute failure is momentary failures that happen over the course of our career. Maybe we lose a matchup, we miss a game-winning shot, our coach gets mad at us, we turn the ball over, we make a mistake. Whatever the case may be, it happens and then it's over. Chronic failure is that lukewarm, never quite making it because I never stepped up sort of mode that a lot of players get into where they're too afraid of failing, so they never give themselves a chance to succeed. And this happens over months, years of their career until finally their career's over. And once again, they never gave themselves a chance to succeed. The failure to expose ourselves to acute failures is what causes chronic failure <laughs> in the same way that an immune system that's never exposed to external pathogens and viruses and bugs never becomes robust enough to like be uh, healthy and strong in the world. As soon as if we just are in this little incubator bubble and never exposed to any external pathogens, and then we step out into the world, we're going to get sick right away. <laughs> and so in the same way, if we never go through these like tough, challenging uh circumstances that maybe we fail in, maybe we make a mistake, maybe we get embarrassed. Well, long-term, we're just going to slip into this chronic, like low-grade failure that, uh, you know, is like, I look at it like poison to a basketball career. There's just no way that you can make it. So I want to give you a couple examples to drive this point home. One of my favorites comes from Kobe, of course. Back in his days of playing AAU basketball in high school, he had this saying, he, <laughs> you know, he, he played to learn, right? We, we've spoken about that already in this talk. Well, Kobe took that to an extreme in high school. He said, largely, he was playing year round. And so, you know, the high school season would turn into the AAU season, which turned into the high school season. And so there was no time to specifically work on anything unless he did it in the context of his team. And so <laughs> he would go into these AAU games in the summer and start test driving moves that he was working on that he hadn't perfected yet. And there was this one game where he's in an a, like, AAU matchup trying to learn how to do this crossover. He ends up like dribbling the ball off his foot or turning it over or getting it stolen eight times in a row. 
suddenly the other team is up by a whole bunch. Kobe was Kobe's team was just winning. His coach is yelling at him from the sidelines like, man, can you get it together and just like stop trying to learn this crossover so that we can win? That's not what I'm suggesting you do. Of course, that's like a objectively a selfish way to play. And I, I don't think that you'll get very far doing that. But Kobe treated like those AAU games as his chance to fail over and over and over and over again so that he could learn how to do the thing that he was failing at and long-term succeed. <laughs> That's like, once again, I'm not saying do that. I'm just giving you an example of how this plays out. He was so fearless that he's like, I don't care how many mistakes I make. I just want to get better. Chris Rock, one of the famous, like most famous comedians in the world today, there are stories of him actually going into these little dive bar uh, open mic nights with a new stack of material that hasn't been test driven before. And he'll be up on stage literally with sheets of paper in his hands, bombing. He'll be testing new material, seeing how it works on the crowd, crossing things off the list if they don't land. If people aren't laughing, he'll be like, okay, that one didn't work. And he's just up there bombing. Weeks and months go by of bombing night after night in these clubs. And I'm sure, again, he's Chris Rock. He's naturally funny. He like could pull it off. But every comedian that really makes it big goes through a long stretch of just bombing over and over and over, finding out what doesn't land, what doesn't work. The delivery on this joke didn't quite hit. Okay, let me fine tune it. They fail and fail and fail and fail and fail. And suddenly you have Chris Rock, on a Netflix special delivering this like seamless, pristine one hour routine that becomes famous. And you're like, how could he possibly be so funny? And so like, how did he even come up with this? Well, he failed <laughs> a whole lot. And finally he succeeded because of those failures. Last example I'll give here comes from SpaceX and Elon Musk. And there's a quote from Elon that goes, failure is an option. If things are not failing, you are not innovating. At SpaceX, they take this to an extreme. Basically, his Elon's approach is to get as many rockets up in the air as possible, as quick as possible, so that we can identify the errors in the system. We can find out what's not working and we can fail, 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 <laughs> as fast as we possibly can in order to build a rocket that finally succeeds. They can't put astronauts into their first rocket and say like, failure is not an option. We're going to make this work. <laughs> like, no, that's dangerous, all right? They might kill people. And undoubtedly, if they did that, just like throw some people in their very first rocket, that would have been a disaster. So they fail over and over and over and over again. They iterate, they experiment, they identify the weaknesses and the mistakes that they made in the system. And over this process of like failing over and over again, the end result is a success. That's how it works. And that's how it works in basketball. This is not for the faint of heart, all right? Like long-term basketball success and success in any field is a gladiator sport. You have to be willing to take the hits and take the failures and make the mistakes because those are the critical points of data that you feed into the system to generate, again, going back to that like uh, principle of neuroplasticity, errors are largely, like without errors, you do not create neuroplasticity, you cannot learn. Failures 
are the critical ingredient to your success in the long term. So this requires for many players a sort of identity level shift here. And the shift that I want you to make is one of prey to predator, all right? So look at it in this way. The prey out in the wild is the one that's trying to survive. It's the player that is out on the court trying not to make any mistakes, trying not to get embarrassed, trying not to have the coach yell at them and pull them out. They're just trying to survive out there. Does this player make it in the long term? Well, what if you became the predator or rather let's call it a hunter? What if you became the hunter? that was out there not to just like survive and not make any mistakes and not make anybody upset, but to actively assert yourself on the game. Expose yourself, yes, to mistakes and errors, and that's part of the game, but to hunt down the toughest challenges, the biggest opportunities. Would you be a better player in the long term for doing that? And (laughs) one step further, Would you ever become as great a player as you could possibly be if you didn't do that? That's a big question because once again, this path is not for the faint of heart. I can't say that strongly enough. If you're not willing to go through failure, I just don't see how you can make it. Honestly, like that's, that's the, (laughs) that's the bottom line truth here. And in that way, the price of greatness is failure. So my advice to you is get busy paying that price. Pay that price as often and as quickly as you can. (laughs) Hunt down the toughest matchups, the biggest opportunities, and those moments where yes, you may fail, but you will go down swinging and you will learn in the process, okay? So my final question for you, Before we wrap up here, if you could share this in the comments or reach out to us and let me know, when did failure help you become a better basketball player and in what way did it help you? I think that this will, this question also, even if you don't feel comfortable sharing, if you just think about this for yourself, this might help this lesson to click into place on a deeper level. And along those lines, I have a final quote that I'll share with you. This is the the last thing that I'll say in this talk. This comes from German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. Okay. So as we wrap up, here's that quote. I know of no better life purpose than to perish in attempting the great and the impossible. The fact that something seems impossible shouldn't be a reason to not pursue it. That's exactly what makes it worth pursuing. Where would the courage and greatness be if success was certain and there was no risk? The only true failure is shrinking away from life's challenges. I hope you enjoyed this one and I'll see you next time. Hey, it's Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is head over to deepgame.com and join us in our free masterclass where you'll learn all of the fundamental principles of the part of basketball that's played with the mind. We've had players call this the best hour of basketball learning of their lives, and it's completely free right now. So head over to deepgame.com, join us. Once again, it's totally free, and I will see you there.